This is a No Land in Sight podcast production. Welcome to Is That Movie Still Good? The podcast where we take a movie from the past, give it a thorough rewatching, and ask the question, is that movie still good? Oh, it's Christmas time, so you know what we're going to do today. We're going to the attic, we're pulling out those Christmas lights, we're going to plug them in and see if all the bulbs give us some light. So, tonight we're going back to 1994, and we're going to get a little Christmas fun with The Ref. So... Pour yourself a cup of eggnog, settle in, and here we go. And is that movie still good with The Ref from 1994? Welcome back, friends. Happy holidays. We hope everybody's had a great uh, Thanksgiving um, and Christmas uh, hey, coming Jim. up. Yeah. Hey, you know, I did a podcast by myself during Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah? How was it? Well, it was really great, but since you have all the equipment, nobody got to hear it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the, 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 it was really good, though. Lost it files. was the best one I've ever done. <laughs> well, we were in Texas, and uh, you were were you in Ohio with your family? Yes, here? yes. Yeah, I was up all in right, Ohio. Good. Have a, North of the river. Have a good Thanksgiving. It was great. Fantastic. Excellent. Fantastic. Visiting family in Texas. We were spreading the word. We got some new podcast listeners down there with some family. Um, and we hope everybody's having a great uh, holiday season. We have kind of broken with our every two week situation with all of our busy running and gunning but we're going to do one more and then take a little break for the holidays and come back after the first of the year so we're going to settle in and, and talk about the ref uh we we wanted to do a christmas movie and uh this was one that you you particularly were interested in and i hadn't yeah. watched it in forever so yeah no i haven't seen it in you know this uh century <laughs> I mean, and, me neither and, and you know what's interesting is as i was researching it this Shows up on a lot of lists of the best movies you've never seen. Right. Entertainment Weekly had it on their 50 best movies you've never seen. Right. And I, I saw it on a couple different like platforms and lists and stuff like that. So I don't I don't know if that means that it's good because nobody's ever seen it. Right. <laughs> you know, but I remember and have kind of fond recollections. I mean, what did you what, what did you remember about the movie from the first time you watched it? Um, it was kind of funny. Um, it, I remember I liked Dennis Leary. I've always liked him. Um, and he is a quintessentially 90s character to me. And this is kind of a quintessential 90s style movie, right? Oh, I totally agree. Totally agree. And, and what I re- remember, because I, I did not see this one in the theater. Me and neither. I probably didn't see it until a couple of years at, after it had been out. And then what I'm thinking in my head is blockbuster rental. Right. <laughs> um, because I saw The Usual Suspects. Mm-hmm. And, and I hadn't seen Glenn, Larry, uh, Glenn Ross yet. So right. Usual Suspects was my first Kevin Spacey exposure. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw that, and everybody knows how awesome he was in that movie. Right. And then I was a big Dennis Leary fan, too, because mm-hmm. he was doing all the stuff on MTV at the time. And, you know, he was loud and abrasive and, you know, blah, 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 you know, and smoking in your face. Yes. And, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, his bit. Uh, I was like, oh, I got to see this. Right. I got to see this. And I loved it at the time. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, I thought it was really good, and, and you made Except, a... I always thought the wife was Annette Benning, but apparently well, I'm not I've wrong. got some stuff on that. <laughs> but, but we'll cover that here in a few minutes. We'll cover that here in a few minutes. But, but I want to go back to Leary for a minute in the 90s, because I thought his stand-up bits were great in the 90s. You know, he had some specials. And the 90s was kind of a, a good era for stand-up comedy. I don't watch much stand-up comedy anymore, because I just don't find it all that entertaining to me at this point. But in that 90s, oh, it's man, it's like searching was, for a needle in a haystack. Yes, but that there were so many great comics uh, who who made their bones in the 90s. And, and Leary is, like I said, he, he to me embodies the 90s. I, just his look, his abrasiveness, um, kind of in your face, all of that stuff. And so, uh, it, it, I, you know, he's a guy I've always been a fan of. 
Yeah, no, I, and I mean he's had. I mean he's done a lot of good things. He's actually probably been in more movies than you you think of. You know, but it's always been kind of supporting type things and maybe a few leads like Sandlot and Demolition Man, Thomas Crown Affair. And I think he's been right. in one of the Spider-Man series. Yeah, There's he was like in one of the Spider-Man movies. Now. Yep. I, I, I don't yep. know which Spider-Man. Yeah, but this was in. his first real leading role. This was the yep. first one where he kind of got the keys to the car. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly. And 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 before we move on from him, I, I do just want to note, you know, of course he did Rescue Me. Rescue Me was his big one. Was Which was a big one. And, you know, he, he's very supportive. And I know there's been some you know, controversies around him before, but he's very supportive of firemen and first responders sure. and things like that. So you got to kind of admire him yeah. on that. Now do, you, now, do you know where that part of that at least came from? I do not. Um, he actually, uh, his hometown, and I forget what year this was in, um, but there were six firefighters from his hometown that were killed in a big warehouse fire, and one of them was his cousin. Oh, wow. And this was like in the 90s. This was pre-9-11 you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And of course, then when 9-11 happened. So he's, you know, been a good person as far as you know involved in it with his foundation and all those types of things but i mean can you imagine him like when he's like trying to raise money is he just like hey you gotta give me money give me money now give me money now i'm gonna put my cigarette out on your forehead if you don't give me money now for my foundation right i, right. I don't know if that's how it goes or not when yeah. you're there yeah I, I yeah know. yeah i don't know i don't know um by the way he had a, a off of one of his comedy albums in the 90s he had a uh, a song um, can I say asshole on the pod? Sure. Well, okay. well, we did Dirt Diggler last week. That's so. true. But it, it, <laughs> the song is called Asshole, and it's great. If you've yeah. never heard it, check it well, out. Well, but here's an interesting thing. Like, this, and this was the controversy that I mentioned. He's notoriously blamed for stealing other com, uh, comedians' materials, and asshole is one of them. Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Yeah, where he, um, and I don't think it ever got to like you know courtroom drama, you know lawsuit type stuff but there was another comedian that he used to work with and he would steal bits and i mean comedian still bits of course other, of They're... course but he he was he was like like almost word for word oh okay or scene to okay. scene in the, the comic bit and it wasn't the only time that he was accused of that and not even accused but just you did it yeah you know so mm, you know and his stand-up hasn't really been much no in the lot so you know, I, I I think kind of back to your point earlier about '90s and a in a caricature. Yes, I think he just kind of popped up and like you know made a a, a thing for himself. Mm-hmm. And you know, hey, that's that's the stage he needed. And then he went to go do other things since then. Yeah, yeah, and and like you know more meaty stuff. So yeah, you know. well, and I, and I think that's kind of the epitome of this movie too, because I'll just go ahead and say it right now, and I'm sure I'll discuss it again at the end of the movie. The his bit. Yeah. War on me a little bit. Yes, I agree. I totally agree. And I don't think he does this bit anymore, but go ahead. No, but I felt like even with this movie, when I saw it the first time, like, oh, I love Leary. Let's watch this. And I, I expected a little bit more bit, but I'm, it's actually good that there's not as much because it would be even worse. It would be harder to watch at this point if there was more of his sort of super in-your-face hyper stand-up stuff coming out. Well, and, and I don't think there was very uh, very well compliment in here because it was, you know, you had three characters. You had the husband and wife, Kevin Spacey and um, Judy Davis, not Annette Benning, that were Lloyd and Carolyn playing the husband and wife who, you know, their marriage counseling, their, you know, button heads. I mean, they really hate each other. Right. And as you, as the movie progresses, you find out all these different reasons why, but then you have this kind of third party. So essentially you have a husband and wife that are arguing constantly. Mm-hmm. 
And then you have Dennis Leary who yells constantly. constantly. Yes. Did you just ever want to like look at the movie and go, "Can you just shut up for Settle a second? Down. Settle, just shut up." <laughs> and I know, and I know that was the, I, I know that was the premise of it, right? And all, and and I and that's probably why I liked it in the '90s because it was so. But are we getting old? Because I was just like, "Be quiet," you know. Yeah, yeah, maybe so. You know, and um, like like you said, they they start out as a counselor. And by the way. I don't know if anybody's ever been to therapy, but there's no counselor that's working on Christmas Eve, folks. That's that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. ridiculous, first of <laughs> yeah, all. Exactly. Um, but, you know, the, the counselor won't give them anything. He wants them to sort of – he won't take any sides. He won't call them out on anything. But quickly we see this turn as he kidnaps them, and he becomes their marriage counselor. He's, he's calling them out. Uh, for oh the better stuff you know one of the funnier scenes is when he has them because the the wife she you know she's like very almost helpful once he kidnaps her yes or yes. kidnaps them like the bungee cords are cords are over here oh you have a cut in your leg the band aids are right, up here right right and then and it's so funny because uh he he asks hey do you have a cigarette and. Lloyd, Kevin yes. Spacey's character, is like, oh, she just quit. And you knew right away. Yeah. And, he, and that was like what I love. Dennis Lear was great in that scene because he's like, oh, you just quit? Where are they? <laughs> where are they? <laughs> where are they? And then and she finally admits to where they're at, and they're tied up in the, these two chairs sitting next to each other. And and he just starts calling them out for lying yes. to each other. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's so great. It is really good. Yeah. Really and good. then shoves them and pushes them down. But I mean, this movie—it it does have a lot of kind of. I, to me, it was very cookie cutter. Yes, I agree. Well, so I, I think that's right. Like, I think this is like a Hallmark movie with an edge. Right, right. Now, now though, so when you think of Christmas Hallmark movies with an edge, this is not the best one by far. Right. Have you thought about other no, ones? No, no. What do you have? Well, uh, I mean, Bad Santa. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I think Bad Santa is a much better movie than this one. Yeah, when it comes well, to like just hard Christmases. Right. No, I agree with that. <laughs> right. Right. And I mean, Fred Claus is a Hallmark movie with an edge, right? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, but it, I believe this was the first one. So was it yeah. cutting edge? Maybe it, it probably was a little o- bit. O- open a door a little bit that you can kind of be uh, make a Christmas movie that isn't. You know, all your dreams come true. Right. You know, you get the, you know, BB gun at the end of the movie and everybody's happy. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, except it, not to give away the ending, but it kind of does end that way. It, yeah, and I was disappointed. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and we'll talk more about the ending because that that was not the original one. Right, right. Ted Demi um, had a different ending and then rewrote it, put the ending in there that's in there, and uh, and was later disappointed in what how it turned out. Yeah, well, and Ted Demi, he, he, he's the director of the movie. It, not a very recognizable resume. No, I, I mean his biggest claim to fame is that his uncle is Jonathan Demi, the um, great director who did Silence of the Lambs and many other films. Yeah, and well, and there were some other Silence of the Lambs connections in here too. But um, Ted, Ted Demi, he actually uh, directed a few episodes of Yo MTV Raps. Yeah, I saw that. I yeah. saw that. And 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 his connection with MTV is actually how he. Got connected to Leary. To Leary, right? And, yeah, and, and, and he then, did. He he produced and directed one of his stand-up uh, specials. Yeah. Um. His he's done a few movies. Um. He did Blow, probably yeah. his biggest one. Well, beautiful, probably the one you most know. Yeah. Beautiful Girls. Mm-hmm. He did Life with uh, Eddie Murphy and, and Martin Lawrence. Remember that one? I I I, I didn't until just now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
now that you mention it, yeah, I remember yeah. it. But mm, that's, yeah, what never if you brought the, it didn't bring it up. So, you know, so if that's what I'm bringing up, that tells you kind of what his filmography looks like. And he really hasn't done much. He did a documentary in like 2003 or four, something like that. And uh, that's the last credit on his directorial resume. Yeah, well, well, in the in the connection to uh, Silence of the Lambs, one of the producers, or several, of course, uh, Ron Bozeman, he actually won an Oscar for producing Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is kind of one of those like kind of backroom Hollywood connect the, you know, definitely, you no, know, no question. I want this guy. I want this guy. Let's bring all this perfect, you know, thing right. together and try to make a good movie. And I mean, it is a good movie in the sense of you know Hollywood script. You got some good actors in there, but. And they did it low budget. Yes. $11 million, And you know how much it made? No. 11.4. <laughs> I mean, that's... Mm, I mean, that's, that's, that's worse than a that's, Paul Anderson movie. That's not great. <laughs> I, mean, that's, I mean, at least I guess they didn't lose money. <laughs> that's why it's on the 50 best movies you've never seen. Right. And you know, I think it might actually be on HBO this month. I don't it, have it is. HBO. That's where I watched it. Oh, well, you actually watch on HBO? Yeah, it, it, yeah, it's oh. on HBO right now. Oh, well, hey, if you have HBO, you can catch up on it. Also, uh, HBO, go ahead and send me the check. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So they, they, I mean, this this whole movie is just fighting and fighting and fighting. Mm-hmm. Now they they do have a son. Yes. Who's away at military school. military school? Yes. And but the two parents, you know, Lloyd and Caroline, um, kind of disagree on why he should be there. Lloyd thinks he's a troublemaker. Thinks he's a um, you know, problem child. Caroline, of course, defends her only son. All that kind of stuff. But this kid's like running a racket. Yeah, it's it's great because like the like uh, there's there's a, a lieutenant or something at the military school, which is played by J.K. Simmons. Who his we first love. movie. Yes. His oh, it's first, his first movie. His first movie. Yeah. yeah. So the great J.K. Simmons. So wait, is in let's this... pause on that and, and and you know his first feature film. Yeah. I should because re- yeah. he might have been in some B stuff. Right. How old was he at this in this movie? I don't know. He looked pretty young, though. I thought he did. He did look. He did look young compared to what you see him as now. And this was ninety four, so it was you know thirty, you know thirty, almost thirty years ago. But still, he's probably in his like thirty thirties, right? Maybe even early forties. And it's his first feature film. Yeah. And so I think that's like one of those things we've talked about before, where it's like you know, especially as a character actor, which you know he he definitely is, and definitely came up that way. You know, these people kind of come in later in life. Yeah, sometimes. a lot of times that happens. Yeah, old pop in in the 30s, early 40s. Yeah. So he's a lieutenant or a commandant or something at the military school. And uh, the son has got a racket going where he's got photos of J.K. Simmons with his mistress. And so he's bribing him for cash while he's doing it. And he's just got he, – he, at one point we see him come home with just rolls of hundos. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and he, he actually uh, gets a limo. Right, from the or, airport. Uh, from the airport. Uh, and he hates his parents so much he's actually sitting outside their house on Christmas Eve. You know, hey, can you drive me around the yeah. block one more time? I don't want to go in. Keep the meter all, running. All, all the while, you know, his parents are already kidnapped inside by uh, Gus. Yes, right? Gus. Gus. Mm-hmm. So, so Gus is this, uh, and that's the Dennis Leary character. Right. He's, um, you know, he breaks into houses, he steals stuff. He, he's supposedly really good at it, but at the at, when the movie starts, uh, he gets caught in a person's house. Yeah, he's he's burglarizing a house. He breaks into a safe, and um, there it, it, he it ends up getting caught. There's a, there's a trigger switch on there that blows cat urine in his face, which and becomes a running joke the rest throughout of the, the whole movie. movie. Did, did it stay? I mean, did, it, did it, how, how did you like that running joke throughout the whole movie? 
So but what's that smell? Because essentially, whenever he would meet somebody yeah. new, they'd be like, "What's that smell?" I think it totally works though, since it's all in the same day. Yeah. So I, I'm okay with that running joke because we all know cat urine smells real bad, and so. Well, and that's and I'm glad you brought that up too. That this movie takes place over like what twelve hours, probably so. Yes, and I love movies that do that. I do too. Yeah, I mean the the new fad now is we're going to record this twelve year movie. Right, there's another one going on right now. You know, we had the one a few years ago. I forget yeah, what Boyhood. It was Boyhood, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I like if you can like do a movie like over just a real. I would love to see a movie that is like in real time. Yeah, you know, like just you know 120 minutes long or whatever what's that movie there there is one Blair Witch uh, project no well <laughs> yes but um there's one that's that, that's in kind of real time it's johnny depp and it's a oh yeah you know the one yeah, I'm talking I, about? I do i oh i'm not gonna remember it though but i know what you're talking about now yeah because it, it's some kind of a heist movie and it, it's it's it, but anyway it's it's yeah it, it, it's interesting a, a, an interesting um concept um but yeah, so this this takes place over a short period of time. I do love that he's burglarizing this house. He gets sprayed in the face with cat urine, and then this house has a trap door. That's an awesome trap door. It is an awesome trap <laughs> door. An awesome we trap were door. watching that, and I asked my wife. I said, "Do you wish you had a house with a trap door?" And the kids were in there, and I and because I wish I had one, and she said, "No." I would fall down it. Something would happen and I'd fall down it. <laughs> Hit the wrong button. And I was like, well, what about one of those bookshelves that, that opens to another room? Like, oh, I want one of those. Well, everybody wants one of those. Right. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want that? Yes. I mean, everybody, everybody wants a secret room in their house. Of course. Or a secret hallway or passageway. I mean, who doesn't want that? Who doesn't? But you know what? I, I mean, it's it's in the movies, they're always clean and cool. You know if you actually had a secret passageway in your house that you never really used, you'd open it up one day and there'd just be like mice and spiders and Dude, I know what my garage and... looks like and I use that every day. <laughs> who, who keeps the secret passageways clean? Right. Do you right. have a special made for that? Right. And, and you, do you really want your special made knowing the secret passageway? Right. That, right. that would present so, problems too. Lots of problems there. Yeah. Anyway, at the bottom of this slide, there's a dog. Yeah. There's a guard dog. For some reason, the guard dog is in the basement just hanging out waiting at the bottom of the slide. Right. And now the, this is what was weird to me is it didn't seem like the dog was chained up, right? But yet it didn't attack. Yeah, it just once he got up, it bit his leg, and mm-hmm. he, you know, he, Dennis Lear was able to run out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so he takes off fleeing, and, and uh, um, Murray, Murray, uh, his <laughs> his partner, his alcoholic partner, Murray, um, he is in the getaway car, and and he's gone. The only thing that's left is a pile of cigarette butts where Murray had been sitting outside smoking. Yep. And he got spooked by some cops who were out running around. Yeah, and 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 then, you know, Leary's on his own, and they go into a convenience store, and he kidnaps, and that's how he kidnaps him and takes him back to their house. And, I mean, the, the bickering, like, is nonstop. Nonstop. And, and uh, you know, there's, it's, it, it almost gets to the point, and, and, I, and I think part of it, though, I was very... And I don't remember this from 20 years ago, but, I mean, I was very unimpressed, especially in the first act of the movie, with Kevin Spacey's acting. Yes, I agree with that. It was way over the top. Mm-hmm. Um, too much enunciation, too many facial features. It just, it, it didn't seem natural. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, the lady, Judy Davis, that plays Caroline, she just kind of seemed, it, it, I don't know, it just seemed so not real. Yeah, yeah. Well, and 
you know, I think that about Spacey, and I think it seems over the t- some of that, like you say, over enunciating words and things like that. But that sort of became his trademark. Like that was kind of his style of acting as he got into some later stuff. It was just kind of odd in that particular character that he was playing. I think. Well, and he just continues down this path, the the Lloyd character of just woe is me, woe is me, yeah. all you know, I, and and it just kind of I. He, it, I don't know if they were trying to get you to feel sorry for the guy, but I really ended up hating the guy. Right, right. Yeah. And so anyway, Gus kidnaps um, the wife, Carolyn, in the this convenience store and takes him takes her to the car and they get in the car and then he realizes that uh, she's got a husband with her and uh, she's like, you wouldn't have kidnapped me if you knew there was somebody here, would you? He's like, no, no, I wouldn't have. And so yeah, yeah. Then he's getting more than he bargained for because he thinks he's just picking off this individual woman and he's going to kidnap her and it's all going to be a kind of a simple cut and dried i'm going to get out of here i'm going to find murray i'm going to dump you and here we go but instead he gets the bickering couple who somehow found a therapist on christmas eve and uh hasn't helped them and they walk out of there angry and one of the things that comes out in that therapist session is that um there'd been an affair involved where where she had 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 an affair and and it's still a, a festering wound between them yeah, and, and I mean, and it's, yeah, and, and he won't let it go, you know, but she also doesn't do anything to, like, you know. Yeah, she's kind of like, so what? Yep, yeah, right, yep. yeah. And and, and, and it, it becomes kind of like a stupid joke where it's like every, you know, when Dennis Larry kidnaps him at some point, Lloyd's like, oh, you want to have sex with him, too. Yeah, 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 I yeah. Mean, yeah, yeah. It's like, I don't even know. what. So what was, what was the household like, like, four days before this event? Right. <laughs> you know, the kid's still away at school, and they're, like, at, out at dinner. Are they always fighting like this? Right, or maybe they're just going their separate ways. They come home, they don't talk much and don't cross paths. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was, it was very, very interesting dynamic. Um, but uh, Judy Davis, who played Caroline, now, I don't know a lot about her. We, other than she's, you know. So we started watching this movie, and uh, we both immediately said, oh, this is like a budget Annette Benning," And like you said. Yeah. And then as we go through the movie, like this movie has Dennis Leary and Kevin Spacey and uh, a ton of actors who are like budget knockoffs of other people. Right. Like police chief, lieutenant, or whatever, Huff. Yeah, he's kind of like Barry. Yeah. Raymond Barry. He yeah. looks like a budget James Woods in this movie. Oh yeah, and there's somebody yeah. else that looks like a budget Jerry Orbach. And it's it's you know the first time we see Murray at the bar, he looks a little bit like a budget Paul Reiser. It's just like budget actors yeah. that kind of look like somebody you know. Well, yeah. Well, it's funny because um, I I was out a while ago and it was one of those trivia you know nights at the and um, one of the questions was something um, like a Sean Connery question of what movie with Sean Connery in, I think it was like in the 90s, where the script actually said, Sean, um, something along the lines of like, we say this, and then Sean Connery, or a cheaper version of Sean Connery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it was literally in the script. Um, but I, I, and I, and I didn't, I, I never heard what the movie was called, but it's like, you're exactly right. It's like, just kind of, yeah, we can save a lot of money. And, I mean, $11 million budget. Sure, of course. Yeah, no special effects. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah, I mean, you're, you're getting actors at, like, you know, premium. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Costco of, like, you know, the actors. Um, she now, she's Australian, Judy Davis. Okay. Did I, you know that? I did not know that. And she actually went to acting school with Mel Gibson. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. they, they actually did a Romeo and Juliet play together. Okay. Yeah, yeah, back right. yeah, over in Australia. But she's actually... Funny thing is, and I, listen, I know a lot of the listeners, when I run into you in person, you're like, you guys know so much. We we do a lot of research, and it's, 
stuff you would find too if you researched yeah. it. Um, but um, I, I didn't know anything about Judy Davis. I didn't even know what her name was. I did not know her name yeah. either. I looked at you know her filmography is uh, here's what I have in my notes: Judy Davis, Budget Annette Benning, filmography unremarkable. Right, I mean, well, she's done a ton of stuff, but there's nothing that stands out at you like, oh yeah, she was that person in that movie. Right. Well, but here's the interesting thing because here's my notes: Judy Davis, Caroline from Australia, went to acting school with Mel Gibson, has three Emmys, two Golden Globes, and two Oscar nominations. Really? Yes. What did she nominate for Oscars for? She like, was nominated. I didn't in, even open that up. She was, was like, she was nominated in 1992 for A Passage to India. Okay. I remember. Never saw. Never saw it. I never remember it. See. Yep. And also for Husbands and Wives a few years later. Heard of it. Never right. saw it. Correct. Never will. So it probably supporting actress nods. Is that yes, probably what it was? Well, I, yeah. It, yeah. And I'm sure like the Golden Globes were supporting... No, I don't know she's what done a lot. She's done a lot of TV work. And so I say unremarkable, but she's done a ton of TV stuff. Well, who was it that we were talking about a few, uh, a few pods ago where it was just like uh, maybe Julianne Moore or somebody like that, where it's like, you know, they had a few movies, but they're still active. Mm-hmm. They're still doing things. And every once in a while, they'll get a nod for, yeah. for doing something on TV. Um, but no, I actually was like, as I was reading, I was like, what, what, what? You know, because yeah. I knew this wasn't going to be, because a lot of the movies we talk about, Jim, you know, we can have an Oscar conversation. Right. This is we we cannot. <laughs> nope. 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 We can talk about Kevin Spacey, and that's where it kind of stops. Yeah. And and we mentioned Silence of the Lambs, Jonathan Demme, uncle of the director. Yep. Okay. Cool. Yep. No. Well, the one um, this movie was uh, written by somebody that's been connected to our podcast. Yes. Um. It was written by um. Who was it? Uh, uh, Richard Lovegreasney. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, but uh, and then Marie Weiss. Um, but uh, Rich, Richard was also a producer on the film, and uh, he, he wrote The Fisher King. Yeah. Yeah. Or he, uh, pr- I'm sorry, he didn't write it. He, I think he produced The Fisher King. Okay. All right. So, um, so Christmas movies, uh, like, you know, this is kind of a Christmas movie. What's your favorite Christmas movie? Yeah, well, I mean, the, they fall into different categories, sure. right? You know, because right. you have like your traditional, you know, like, I love White Christmas. Okay. I love White Christmas. Yeah, I love Holiday Inn. Yeah, I like Holiday Inn, too. Um, not a big Miracle on 34th Street fan. That's one of my very favorites. Yeah, I mean, I, I it's just black and white. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. so... All right. So, you know, I, I sorry, Jim, I live in the more present age. That's okay. Yeah. Um, Christmas Story is always good. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, the National, National Christmas Vacation. So, Christmas like, vacation. yes, so I would say my favorites are Christmas Vacation, Elf. Uh, oh, no. Elf. Oh, my goodness. Elf might be my favorite, yeah. actually, now that you mentioned it. Elf is... Elf is fantastic. It's, it's timeless. Like, it's it is so fantastic. Yeah. Um, There's actually elf trivia. Like I, I, I've noticed it this year. I haven't noticed it in the past, and maybe, maybe, maybe it's happened. But uh, like you know, there's like elf movie trivia going on at like different places around town. Oh yeah, nice. Yeah. That's good. That that it has become such an iconic movie, and I remember the first time I saw it, and I just I couldn't stop well, laughing. Well, here's the interesting thing about this movie, The Wrath, is it's like when you think about Christmas movies, you think they would they would come out in what November, right? Right. This movie came out in March. Yeah, I remember it being in, in the. I, I was thinking summer or something. It, it, it was one of those kind of dead times where there's not a lot of good stuff coming out. Well, I, I think that it was probably set for release at Christmas time, and mm-hmm. then they held it for the dead time. Yeah, because they didn't want to compete with the Oscar movies. Right. But I think that might have actually cost them money. 
I'm sure it did. I'm because, sure it did. Because there's there's always like you know when you rush to the movie theaters at Christmas time to see all the big blockbusters that are going to be nominated for Oscars because mm-hmm. everybody knows how that works. Um, eventually, like you're going to get sold out, and maybe you you're like, oh, do I go home? Do I go to dinner? Or just oh, let's go watch this other movie. Right. Um, I, w- last last movie I saw was um, the uh, race car movie. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Ford, Ford versus, versus Ferrari. Ferrari. Yeah, and I mean. It sold out while we were in the lobby, mm-hmm. you know. So I, you know, I, I think around Christmas time, if you dropped like some silly little Christmas movie yeah. in, I mean, I think you could probably make some money as opposed to March when nobody cares about Christmas, right? Except you have people that are just going to go see movies just to see them. I also think the lack of star power for this movie probably would have hurt its Christmas release um, in the '90s, right? Like now, there's a, a lot of kind of fluffy stuff that you can can pop in and see. Um, but I wonder about that if that may if the lack of star power may have have hindered. The I, mean, Christmas I mean, I mean, totally possible because you know Kevin Spacey wasn't a star yet. Mm-mm. Now this I think was in his like hot period. Yeah, this is kind, kind of, of leading up to his of his hot period. leading up to his peak, maybe. Yeah, I think that's right. Um, so let's let's talk about Kevin Spacey for a minute um, because you mentioned Glengarry Glen Ross, and then he did this one, and then. He did the usual suspects and and blew up because you know that was the movie he won an Oscar for, brilliant movie. Um, but then he had this super hot streak of usual suspects, Seven, Time to Kill, L.A. Confidential, Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, American Beauty, um, and you know Pay It Forward, K. Pax, Superman Returns, Fred Claus. He did a ton of movies, but in that that wheelhouse period, he was as hot as anybody in Hollywood. No, I would totally agree. I mean, he, you know, loaded up on movies, definitely the best run of his career. And he was still very active and successful in movies after that. And then he hits that home run with House of Cards. Yeah, House of Cards, too. Yeah. On, on, I mean, on, you know, it's TV. I mean, so what, what, do you count House of Cards? And I mean, it's, it's, things are so different nowadays. You know, back then it was very binary. You yes. know, it was either TVs or movies. Well, let's trinary. Is that a word? Um, sure, it is yeah, I'm now. Gonna, I'm going to make it up. Trinary, because it was either movies, TV, or stage. Right. Right? And now you have all these different forums, all these different platforms for releasing movies. So is House of Cards a movie or a TV show? Oh, it's it's a TV show. It's, okay. And, and it's one of those that's, you know, we're in this, this um, golden age of prestige television. And it, it certainly is one of those series that fits in um, with the other great series, you know, that we've seen in the last decade. So, no, I totally would count it as a TV show, but it's elite television. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, he, he did great with it. And, of course, we all, we all kind of know what happened. Well, so here's the thing with Spacey. So I always really liked him as an actor. And, you know, he got into uh, some trouble. And I was like, oh, really? But then I went back and looked at his movies. And if you look at his movies, it's very rare that he's a good guy, right? Like, he's not really a nice guy in this one. You know, usual American suspects. Beauty, I mean, he's all right in that one. Yeah, but like yeah. seven. No, um, I'm saying in American oh, yeah, Beauty, yeah. he really wasn't that great of a no, guy. No, but he wasn't horrible. Yeah, but uh, you know, like he did. He did two movies where he was a kind of a good guy and pay it forward in K Pax. But otherwise, he's been Lex Luthor. He's the bad guy in Fred Claus. You know, he's he's the the mastermind in Seven. Like he's been a bad dude in a lot of movies. And I got to thinking about that, and I was like, huh, I kind of missed that. And I was reminded of a book that I read, and I may have referenced this story in a previous pod, but I read this this book by one of Ronald Reagan's press secretaries, and he told this story 
about uh, being in the Oval Office with Reagan, and he's getting ready to walk out the door. And he said, I had a quick personal moment, and I turned around and, and asked the president. I said, uh, Mr. President, you work with Marlon Brando. And he said, yes, I did. And he said, what was he like? Because he always seemed like a jerk when I watched him in movies. And he said, Reagan looked at me, and he gave me that smile and that Reagan mannerism and just said, well, you can't fool the camera. And in looking back at Spacey, I think that's kind of – I kind of get that. Yeah, that's just his M.O. That's yeah, just his, that's just – I think that yeah, may be see, what he is. seeing his own reflection in the, the lens of the camera. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Is, is, he, is he done? Yeah, I think he's done. I think he's done too. I, 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 I know people have come back from other things before, but I don't think he comes back from this. No, I, I think we're – I think, you know, in a, in a previous period maybe so, but I think we're at a point where he's done. Are you going to miss him? I mean, was he I, that good of an actor to where he he and and I and I know what he did was horrible. So I, obviously, you know, right. I, I, I'm I'm not defending any of that. But like, let's let's compare this. Let's say that he is done. Yeah, and he lives for another forty, you know, thirty years, whatever. But he, you don't see him in feature films or big time TV anymore. But you compare that to like say a Robin Williams who kills himself, right? That you're never going to see again either. I'm I, I I would have loved to see more Robin Williams stuff. Me too. Me too. No, I, I think you, that's right. Do you really? I mean, no. Are you going to miss him? Are you no. going to miss Kevin Spacey at all? I think looking through that filmography, I don't think so. I think there's he was a great actor, brilliant actor, but I don't think he crafted characters that I that I'm going to miss. And I, I don't think that that the the film world is going to be um, less vibrant without his skill in it. No, I mean the actors are getting better and better, and the the whole the writing's getting better. I mean, we like we've talked before, you know, film versus TV. It is the golden age of TV, and um, that's where people are going for like their good stories and their good scripts. And I don't mean the viewers; I mean the actors. Right, and and you know, you've got tons of money being thrown at these these uh, television productions. So it, it's a horribly unfortunate situation that happened all the way around. But like to your point, I I don't think that I'm sitting there thinking, man. I could really go for a Kevin Spacey movie right now. I wish he'd make something new. Right. It's not like Christian Bale. Like, like I mean, like I mean, there's like, and I've or talked like, about this like, a zillion times. I mean, there's like you know a handful of actors. It's like if they make a movie, there's a, at least a seventy five percent chance that I'm going to see it, and probably a fifty percent chance I'm going to go pay, like the box office right. and pay the big money. To right. See it. Like, how I many don't... times has De Niro made a movie, and you're like, oh, De Niro's in this. I got to see it. Right. Every well, single time. Yeah. Well, Every yeah, well, single yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. So there, and he was never like that, right? No, I agree with that. Yeah. I think in that in that that prestige moment of his in the late nineties, probably a little bit, but not to the extent where where he you know carved out his own lane to where you felt like mm, I got to see this guy. So if, if if Dennis Leary were to move to Singapore and never do a movie again, would you miss Dennis Leary? Nope. <laughs> yeah. Nope. <laughs> yeah, me neither. I mean, he's a nice guy. I'm sure he's a good, good guy. Right. But but that's the one thing about this is one of those. I mean, is this the worst cast that we've had in a movie that we've done? Probably. It it, it actually probably is. Now now the one the one sneaky one in here is uh, the woman that plays Rose. Uh, his, oh yeah, his mom. And there's something. Or, I don't even remember her name. Yeah. Glennis Johns, she played yeah, oh, Mrs. Banks in Mary yeah. Poppins, so iconic yeah. there. Yeah. yeah, and was this her last movie? No, she did a couple things after this, but uh, 
Okay, well, and here's the thing about the mom. So if, if, if you're not already 45 in, minutes into this movie and already just annoyed by all the arguing going on between, you know, Lloyd and Caroline and then Gus, he, he ends every argument with, like, yelling at him. Then all of a sudden the mother-in-law shows right. up. And she's just, you know, I don't curse on this show much, but she's a bitch. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's unpleasant. I mean, certain. I mean, she's just the the epitome of the the uh, matriarch with money. Yes, yes. You know, um, that's t- not taking advantage of her kids, but makes her kids pay back interest on loans, buys them cheap Christmas presents. Um, like one of the things that actually made me laugh out loud was when she came into their house and she's like, "Why is my portrait not above the fireplace?" Right. <laughs> Like, could you ever imagine going into somebody's, going into like a kid's house or anybody? Why is my portrait not above the fireplace? <laughs> I, I think I might do that at some point when my kids are grown, but it'll only be in jest. Um, <laughs> but this, the, the, well, you know, so so let's talk about when the family shows up because they, they come uh, for Christmas, and you know, Gus has already got the family all tied up in bungee cords. And by the way. How long would it have taken you to get out of those bungee cords? Not long. <laughs> Not like long. 45 seconds. It's, like, it's a bungee cord. It's a bungee it's cord. Like, like you can stretch any part of it and the hooks are going to yes, get loose. Yes, it's, it's, it's the worst. I mean, he had to use what he had, but it's the worst uh, tie-up job that you've ever seen. But anyway, they don't know this. Um, they, they, they tell Gus that the family's coming, and so they concoct this plan where he or he concocts a plan where he's going to be their marriage counselor who just happens to get invited to dinner right yeah no this is great this yeah this this is pretty funny because as soon as they sit down at the dinner table well for one when they sit down caroline she has this like uh ritual that she wants to introduce um i I don't know if she's wicker or whatever or some type of witch but where they're all wearing candles <laughs> on, on, on wreaths on their head, and yeah. she's like trying to like do like a little chant history thing. Yeah, and it, it, yeah, it's very like old. I, I don't know if it's German or what that tradition was, where they'd wear the the, the wreath with the candles on their head. But well, it's, oh, that's so absurd. I, okay, so I will mention this because the the sister in law, or, or I'm sorry, the, the sister, so Lloyd's sister, so right. the other daughter of the crazy grandma, Connie. Yeah, and that's played by Christine Baranski. Yes. Who you, everybody knows. Her. Yeah, she's everywhere. She, yeah, she, and she's super talented because she's been yeah. in a lot of musicals: Chicago, Mamma Mia, Into the Woods, and most notably, she has this facial feature with her nose that kind of turns up. And she was—it's like, like the rock doing his eyebrow. Yeah, <laughs> and it's—it's, it's, but, but she she can't help it. Like, yeah, <laughs> it, and but she uh, was in the the live action How the Grinch Stole Christmas, and she just looks like a who in perpetuity because of that nose turning yeah. up. And and then her husband, recognizable, but but then, okay, so this is what, what was I going to say. They have two kids, and I hate kids in movies. Yes. But these two kids are freaking hilarious. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're actually, they're actually pretty good. They, they, they know their place in the script. Uh, so, so they, they start questioning like Dennis Leary as like the the psychiatrist or the I'm sorry the um, the, the therapist counselor yeah, yeah, yeah the Doctor Wong Doctor Wong which is pretty <laughs> funny the grandma's like where did you get the Wong name and he just he he just comes back with like and this is the one thing about this movie that um, you know when I don't know about Jim but when I watch movies to prepare for the podcast I'm taking notes I'm 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 distracted a little right bit. yeah you sure. Know, but I, I feel like I miss some of the like kind of hot hitter one liners because there's tons of them in this movie. Yeah, I think that's right. I think this is a movie that there's probably a lot of layering where if you watch it another time or two, you're gonna pick up funny things and you're gonna you know 
Well, I read an article we uh, uh, from a guy that you know he just wrote an independent article about why this is one of the best movies you've never seen, and that's mm-hmm. what he talked about. Yeah, that was his main area of focus was just. Every time I watch it, I, I hear something I didn't right. hear last time. Right. You know, because it's just so quick. Mm-hmm. It's so biting. It's well, that, that's the thing. Like like with Will, all the Will Ferrell movies, there's just yeah. tons of that layering where you watch it again. You're like, oh, I missed that line. Okay, so, and I never thought about this ever, and this might be the, like, best thing I've ever thought of. What if Will Ferrell would have been the, the ref? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> they need, if they were to remake this movie. Yes. Will Ferrell should be the rat. That, that's true, totally and, true. And, and, and um, oh, what's his name from Boogie Nights? His, his uh, John C. Riley. Yeah, course. John C. Riley should be the husband. Oh, do you oh. think he should be Murray? Well, because they partner up so much. Well, oh, he should. Yeah, because Murray. Well, you have to bring, have Murray in more of the movie. More of the movie, but 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 he's kind of bumbling, and yeah. that would that'd be that totally would be, the John C. Riley. Who would be the husband and wife? If you because I I think you could remake this movie. Yes, I think this is a total remake, and I think you could remake it a lot better. It's and, and rare that I say that, but I think you could make it better. I, I think, think that's you can right. make this movie better, and it would be freaking hilarious. Yes, it would. It's it's a good it's a good concept. It doesn't quite you know hit the bullseye when right. you throw in the dart, but it's close enough, and there's enough good structure there to mm-hmm. build on for something good. Now, don't do the ref too. Correct. <laughs> where, where, where Murray and and, uh, and Gus are on their boat and they yeah and they, and they kidnap somebody like yeah. in Jamaica yeah right yeah right. no they'll do that but uh, all right, so there, so we so with the families there now now we haven't talked at all about what I think is probably a useless use of twenty minutes of this movie mm-hmm. drunk Santa yeah I don't even know what's going on with that <laughs> what's like, up with what? drunk Santa. That, that was weird. <laughs> it was weird. It was, it was kind of disturbing. I, like when I went to bed, I made sure my doors were locked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, was like. <laughs> I mean, it was. It, it starts out. He's like this Santa that like brings people like Christmas. You know, yeah. goes door to door. He's like a neighbor, obviously. Na- neighbor Santa, and and then he he's just like a, gets hammered. Like, gets hammered. But the the weird thing is, he's getting hammered at this party that has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. Right. Yeah. And, and and then he'll eventually he'll show back up at Lloyd's house, but yeah, I for a ninety-seven minute movie that had a fifteen minute filler, yeah, you, that right there just mathematically tells you the script isn't thick, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. you you were talking last time about how a movie isn't good if it doesn't go like two hours and twenty minutes. Yes, that that's my number. Could you imagine how bad this movie would have been, been if it went two hours and twenty minutes? <laughs> I mean, you have drunk elves, you'd have a drunk reindeer. Yeah. You'd have yeah. like... Because well, they also fill it with bumbling cops. Bumble, I was going to yeah. say, we got bumbling cops. And one of my favorite scenes in this movie, though, is they end up getting this, the surveillance tape from the first house that Gus robs. When he's stealing out of the safe before he gets sprayed with the cat urine. And there's a there's a security camera. So they get the tape, the cop brings it in, pop the... the, the all it's Christmas Eve, and all these cops are just sitting around watching It's a Wonderful Life. They drop in the tape. He shows this. The cops talk about it. The chief leaves. The uh, cops, you know, want to watch some more It's a Wonderful Life. They end up recording over the surveillance tape so they can get It's a Wonderful Life. It's just it's yeah, well, hilarious. And, 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 yeah, this was old VHS days, yes, right? Yes, yes. So, um, again, quintessentially 90s, right? Yeah, and they had it like where it was like the TV and VHS in the same box, you yeah. Know? Yeah, it's funny, yeah. And, I mean, yeah, the, and the cops were all wanting to like, hey, we want to go home. 
And but, then they decide to do a house-to-house search on Christmas Well, yeah, Eve. they have this curfew. Yeah, curfew. They did put the curfew out to try to find the robber of the, of the big house, which, of course, is uh, Gus. And then they decide to go door-to-door to search. Um, now, at the same time, and this was kind of one of those, I don't know what I feel about the storyline. I don't know what I feel about the Jesse, the son storyline. Yeah, it's another one that's that's, I mean, it's all there for the ending, I think, I guess. Well, yeah, well, you know, Jesse's a son. We talked about it earlier. He's the extortion, extortionist. And he when he finally does go into the house and realizes his parents are kidnapped, he actually is kind of siding with Dennis Leary, with yeah. Gus. Yeah, he wants, he's like, yes, teach me your ways, wise one. <laughs> he's like Master Yoda. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I want, and, and, then, and then we get the classic, like, line we've yes. heard of, where he's like, I want to go with you. And he's like, you want to say it? No, go ahead. Once you start running, you never stop. <laughs> and and so then Dennis Leary, all of a sudden, this hardened criminal who's stealing stuff and kidnapping people is like, you don't want this life, kid. Yeah, and, it's, and, it's, and he's like, I'll give you half my money. But anyway, it was just kind of like a – so they, they tie they actually tie the kid up when the family shows right. up. Yeah, right. it was kind of collateral, I guess, mm-hmm. you know, to, to keep the, uh, the Lloyd and Caroline in line. And so the, the whole dinner, Christmas dinner – in the when when he's the therapist, it just keeps getting like more and more like escalated to where they start getting mad at grandma. Mm-hmm. Then they start getting mad at him and like this. So you know the uh, Christine uh, Baranski, yeah, yeah, character is like you're. You know, I don't understand your therapy and like because <laughs> you know, and they're and that's kind of funny. Yeah, we're we're like in, but the the grandma just never really accepts it. Right. She's having none of it. But yeah. she's having none of any of it. She isn't. She isn't. Um, so, I mean, I mean, that was kind of a fun scene, but a little... Once again... Too long. Too just long, too long. Too long for a 97-minute yeah, movie. just too long. This should have been a short short movie. It, it should, this should have been a... It, it could have won, like, Cannes Film Festival for, like, best short feature film. Right. Well, again, if it were a Hallmark movie, they could have cut that thing down to, you know, you know 82 minutes or something. Right. And, filled it with commercials yes. and, yeah. So you know we get we we get kind of towards the end of this one, and by now he's tied up everybody. Yep, people are knocking on the door. Drunk Santa shows up. The cops show up, and this is kind of where I thought it was kind of silly too. So the cops show up on their door to door search that you were mm-hmm. talking about, and as soon as they open the door, Lloyd and Caroline start arguing back and forth, back and forth, back, and, and even the cops are like, "Oh, we don't want to, we don't want to know, we don't want to know." And I, I'm just sitting there going, "Okay, so cops, you guys have." Put up roadblocks. You put out a curfew. You're doing a door-to-door search, and you're finally at the house where the guy's at. It doesn't matter how annoying the people are. You wouldn't just be like, thanks, and walk out. Right, right, right. Let's go back again to this door-to-door search on Christmas Eve. Like, how (laughs) crazy is that? Like, people in Connecticut are crazy. Have you ever experienced anything like that? Well, it's not like he killed anybody. No, he's it's just... like he broke into a house and the alarms went off and he tried to escape. It's not like he, yeah. I mean, the, and the crime is so insignificant, especially for Christmas Eve. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It could have been a Santa gag. Who knows? That part was really silly. That was a silly sort of an idea that didn't make any sense. But there's a lot of things about Christmas that don't make any sense to me. Like, have you ever had a ridden in a one horse open sleigh? Uh, I've never ridden in a one-horse sleigh. 
Now, yeah. I have ridden in, like, a one-horse, like, kind of carriage. Like a sulky or a carriage? Right. So, like, if we just live, like, another, like, 800 miles north, I mean, would that be the same thing as riding in? I mean, like, if there's, because, like, here in Louisville, we have, like, you know, spaghetti factory, and there's always the horses with carriages yeah. out there. Yeah. So, if you're, like, in Ottawa, or I don't know, you're, like, like very north in Canada, instead of the horses and carriages, do you have a horse and sleigh? Well, back in the day, I think you did have some of that. But the fact that we have this association with one horse open sleighs at Christmas time is kind of funny to me. And it, I realized there was some some stuff, but I don't know a single human who's ever ridden in a one horse open sleigh. No, no. Well, because you, well, I, well, there's a contradiction there if you really think about it. Because if you actually were cold enough to have a sleigh, you probably would probably use some type of like moose or dog, right? As opposed, because I mean, have you ever ridden in a one wolf? open sleigh no no well i haven't either but i'm sure people do it all the time right. i mean that's the thing that's that's why the one horse open sleigh doesn't work because if you're actually cold enough to where you need a sleigh you're gonna use a wolf yeah, right. <laughs> you're not gonna use a horse i mean it's just it's just it's just, just that's not how it works <laughs> anyway that's all so i always thought I, I i would hear these christmas songs i would hear sleigh ride one horse open sleigh and i would think man Back when my parents were kids, everybody was just riding around in sleighs all the time at Christmas time. And then I asked them, and they're like, are you high? Like, we've never ridden in a sleigh. We're like, what about your parents? No, they never rode in a sleigh. We live in Kentucky. We don't get snow. We don't know anybody that's ever been in a sleigh. Yeah, no, I, I, I yeah, I, there, well, there's lots of things like that with Christmas. It's like, I actually saw like a meme earlier today, and, you know, there's no way I'll be able to quote it, but it was like talking about all the different like things, whether it's you know, a wreath on your door, yeah. even the Christmas tree itself, or, you know, um, whatever, all those different, like, things. And, like, all of them have, like, you know, wicked history. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 yeah there's a lot of... Anyway, I love Christmas. One horse open sleigh makes zero sense to me, but let's just keep singing it. All right, well, hey, jingle bells. Jingle it on. Jingle bells. So, let's, 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 so we've got the, we've got everybody tied up, the cops come, they leave. They leave, because it's, they're bad cops, I guess, I don't know. And um, and then all of a sudden the movie thinks it's redeeming itself while still getting cheesier. Yes, at the same that's time. exactly what happens. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah. And and so basically at this point, like they want to help because Dennis Leary, Gus' character, has has contacted Murray. Murray's got a boat at the docks. Yeah, that's the other thing we didn't talk about. Like, <laughs> well, well, now <laughs> go ahead. So Gus realizes Murray, being an alcoholic, is going to find the seediest bar in town and go there. So he asks. You know, uh, Lloyd and, and Carol and what's the, the seedy bar in town? They give him a couple. He calls when he finds Murray. And he tells him to go steal a boat. And they're going to take off in a boat. And so he has a little trouble with it, but he ends up getting the boat. But you have to respect Murray and the fact that he actually knew where the seediest bar in town was. It doesn't take <laughs> You just, just know. Like, it, it, it's like a radar. <laughs> Yeah, I know where those dollar seventy five long necks are. <laughs> well, and, and here's the thing that cracks me up too. So this whole movie takes place in like, like a super nice suburb up in Connecticut. Connecticut, right, 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 right. That is walking distance from the docks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like that doesn't. Mean, I mean, really, and who gets in a boat? In December in Connecticut, man. Like, you need to be in a one-horse open sleigh. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's so many flaws in this movie. It's just, like, ridiculously silly. But but anyway, so Lloyd and Caroline decide, oh, now we want to help 
they want to they help Gus. Right. They're going to help. They decide to help Gus escape because they've had a few things. You know, of course, we talked about how rocky their marriage was and all that kind of stuff. But now they're kind of coming back together and like, mm-hmm. you know, thinking that, oh, maybe they could work it all out. And so they decide to help Gus. And we get maybe the worst line in the whole movie. Yeah. When they tell Gus that they're going to help him. Well, oh, first, I forgot. Drunk Santa comes in. Yes, it was. Right. <laughs> and he, uh, he's like, I recognize you to Gus. And then Gus knocks him out. So we have Drunk Santa on the ground. And then they're like, Lloyd and Caroline are like, we're going to help you escape. Hey, Jesse, you know this path through the woods to the docks. Right. Help him out. And then they put Gus in the Santa costume, mm-hmm. in Drunk right. Santa's costume. Yes. And, um, and the, here's the line. Lloyd says something along the lines of, Gus is, somebody says, why are you doing all this? And Lloyd says, I'm not going to send all the people I care about to jail. Right. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's so dumb. Because <laughs> like, I, I, I guess maybe earlier, like, you know, maybe he's going to have to send his son to jail for extortion. Right. But it's like, it's still. Or for stealing the nativity Jesus from the city. <laughs> yeah, that's actually pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Uh, it was just so dumb. It was, it was so dumb. dumb. So, you know, Jesse takes Lloyd to the boat. And Carolyn and, and, and Lloyd, they just, you know, they're happily ever after. They, they, they do a little kissing. It's a Christmas miracle. So how long do you think after, after Christmas it was that they got divorced? Um, I'm thinking around Martin Luther King Day. Correct. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> um, but it's funny that you said that uh, because my last bullet point on my plot notes are everyone lives happily ever after. That's exactly what it was. Which was just dumb. Yes. Like based I mean, we I just spent ninety minutes listening to people nonstop argue with each other. The most toxic relationship we've covered in this pod. Absolutely. Along with just, you know, the Dennis Leary character, which was great for the movie, but just I was just like, oh so and then all of a sudden just I don't want to send everybody to jail. I love you, happy movie, blah blah. You know. And and you know, Jesse takes him and, and Jesse doesn't want to stay with him anymore. Um, yeah, it's just, it's... Well, and one of my biggest frustrations with movies is if a character does something that's not really true to their own character. And that was not true to what Kevin Spacey was in this character. Lloyd was no. not that guy, right? No, not... Like, not... And so, wh- why did he decide... To, uh, well, we're just gonna... Like, that what? character would have figured out... Would have would have wanted justice on this guy. You want to want to just... He's got kidnapped. I think what they were trying to do is, like, say, well... Well, you know, the whole premise of the movie, it's titled The Ref, is, you know, that there's, you have this family in conflict, not only with the husband and wife, but then you have it with the grandma, the sister, right. all that. And all of a sudden, just having this ref, um, right. this criminal. Now, you know, in the, in, the, in the United Kingdom, this movie is called Hostile, Hostile Hostages. Hostages. That's yeah, right. Yeah. 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 In the UK. Yeah. And, 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 and so I think, like, this premise was, oh, there's going to be somebody that delegates, or, I'm sorry, wrong word. That somebody that, like, you know, makes, solves the problem of all the conflict mm-hmm. throughout and that it, it makes everybody happy with everything. And right. it's, it just doesn't happen that fast, mm-hmm. it, especially when you're being held at gunpoint. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, if you'd been held at gunpoint for four hours, five hours, whatever, you might let the guy go still if he turns out to be a nice guy. Right. But it's, it's not redemptive. No. No, it's not going to change the bickering and, and toxicity in my other relationship. And I'm probably going to call the cops and say, 
he's on the river heading out to sea or whatever. I would want him to get caught. I would want him to yes. get caught. I yes. Mean, I would, why, why, why am I letting him go? Right. Right. We'll hey, let hey, you go. Yeah, I, I, yeah. This this movie makes no sense, Jim. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> makes no sense, and, and that once again explains why it's uh, on the list of the. I want to hear about some of the other movies. I know it. I didn't look at that list but that of movies that you've never seen. I know it, and I and I think that if you watch them, you would probably you know steer towards some of the same conclusions that we've come to. Yes, I think that's right. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. So, um, so do we blow it on our Christmas special? I mean, do we, I mean, because obviously I think we probably have similar opinions about this movie. I mean, could we have done, what What were our other options for a Christmas special? Well, I don't know that we really discussed much. We talked about the ref, and then we were like, oh yeah, let's do that. And I, I don't even think we really dug in and had, there was not much on the table. There's really not, because, because there's so, because a good Christmas movie is going to be on every year. We know it. That's kind of what we talked about. The ones you know and love, you know and love and you see them. And that's why this one was kind of wheelhouse for what we're doing with the pod because it says, you know, it, it's one of the best movies you've never seen. And we're like, oh, we saw that. It's pretty good. Then <laughs> you watch it and you're like, hmm. <laughs> well, <I'll> be darn. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Well, and that's, you know, and, and, and that's the service we provide. Yes, correct. <laughs> that's the service correct. we provide. Yeah. So anyway, it, it's uh, I don't think we blew it. I think we we watched a movie that was interesting, and uh, I think. Do you think our podcast is better than the movie? Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think so too. Definitely. I think so too. Definitely. Um, yeah, I think this has been a good pod. This has been fun. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's all right. So, so <laughs> would you want? When are you going to watch this one again? Um, when are you going to watch this one again? Oh man, I don't know. I, so look, here's the deal. Like when you're in a house uh, uh, around Christmas time, you have people that want to watch Christmas movies, and you know I'm fortunate in that my wife likes Christmas movies, likes a lot of them, but she's not like you have to sit here and watch Hallmark movies every single night. Like if I was in that situation, I'd be like, nope, we're going to cut this. We're going to put something else in here. Let's watch the rep. Oh, As it is, curve, this is a curveball. Well, it's more of a knuckleball. It is. It is. Yeah, if you got a wife that's making you watch the Hallmark or yeah. a girl that, or a guy, whatever, and they're making you watch the Hallmark Christmas movies, and they don't, they won't know what this one is. No, <laughs> they'll no. just throw it's a knuckleball. So like, that's were, gonna you're gonna have a different evening that night. If I were in that situation, <laughs> I might watch it again this year. But ultimately, <laughs> I would say this is gonna be in the 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 tank. For a few years, like you know, I, I go back and revisit it, but I, I don't have any desire to see it again anytime soon. Yeah, well, I I, I kind of want to watch it again right now <laughs> um, because yeah, like I was saying earlier, you know, when 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 I'm watching it for the pod, it's like I'm I'm busy working. Yeah, you know, and it's like I kind of want to watch it again so I can just sit back and like because there are some fucking funny moments. <laughs> Oops, sorry, mom. <laughs> um, but I, it, where it's just like, what did they just say? Yeah, and, and just kind of like what I just did. Yes, I mean that's, that's kind of encourages, which is just can be funny. I mean, yeah. it's it's not. I mean, it's not classic comedy. It's not a classic movie. But it's just it it, it kind of just kind of gets you wired and like yeah. a little warm. Yeah. You know. So I. But once if I if I did watch it again tomorrow, I don't need to see it again for ten years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's it's not one that I'm. It's not going to be my regular Christmas rotation. No, no, not at all. No, this is not the one that like when the whole family's there and you're carving the turkey, you're like, hey, let's put in the ref. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, so how do you grade it? So as an overall movie and as a Christmas, it, it, it's a B minus. 
It's it because it's so ridiculous, and the acting is marginal. And like you said, maybe if I rewatch it, I might feel better about it. But I don't love it. Uh, yeah, no, you're actually you're you're in the Christmas spirit, Santa Claus. Yeah, because uh, you're much more generous than I am. Yeah. Um, you know, I I really kind of wavered as this one even passed the class. Yeah. You know, I was I was between a D plus and a C minus, and I'm gonna give it a C minus. I'm gonna let it pass the class. Solely on the fact of what I just mentioned. I, I, I think if I just actually sat down and watch it without... I, if I watched it with the right people and in the right environment and under the right spirit, knowing what I was getting myself into, you know, I think I could get a kick or two out of it. Yeah. You know, and it's 97 minutes. It's quick. It is. It is quick. I mean, you go to the bathroom and your you know, movie's almost Well, done. and I think if this wasn't a Christmas movie, I would grade it lower. But by yes. virtue of being a Christmas movie... Yes. Totally I like concur. I was I totally was concur. full strong C, but I'm like it's a Christmas movie. Like if it, if this was a movie had nothing to do with Christmas, I'd like this, kick if it, it was away. a St. Patrick's Day movie. <laughs> yeah, um, but you know that's you know, But so the, the, I would um, give it the finger if it were a St. Patrick's Day movie. But as a as a Christmas movie because it's so different and it can break up some of what you get. It's still cookie cutter. It's still Hallmark Channel. But it's with that edge, and there's this dumb, you know, happy ending. Um, but I, so I'm I'm gonna go B minus just because I think it's it's all right. It's really probably a C movie, but I'll bump it a little bit just because it's a Christmas movie. Now you know what we didn't talk about was that they changed the ending. Yep. Yeah. So um, Ted Demi wanted the the original ending had Gus getting caught, and he changed it because in the first viewing the audience did not like the ending. So he went back, restructured it, and put in this happier ending um, to please the audiences. And he he subsequently has said he felt like that was a mistake for the film. Well, that's because it was based around Christmas. I right. Mean, if it was based around St. Patrick's Day, I think the crowd would have said, let's let the Absolutely. guy get caught. You know, catch the Irishman. Also, how drunk would Murray be on St. Patrick's Day? Oh, my gosh. That would have been great. <laughs> <laughs> you would have gotten the boat and, like, crashed into the pier right away. <laughs> maybe we, maybe that's the remake. <laughs> that is the remake. That is the remake. It's, it's the wrapper on St. Patrick's Day. Well, I mean, this has been a fun movie to do. And, uh, Christmas and sorry about my language. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, eh, yeah, it happens sometimes. That's right. Yeah, well, you know, we're we're trying to be professional. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, like you know, it does, it's not kicking anybody off the off the the nice list. Nobody gets no. kicked to the naughty list for one. Nah, well, Dennis Leary does that to me. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, like when you when you listen to like a comedian, even when they're funny and like, but they're cussing a lot and stuff and it's like the next day you're talking like a sailor i can't even <laughs> tell you how many times in my childhood i went to school speaking like eddie murphy after i'd watched like raw <laughs> yeah exactly i mean yeah it does that to you yes i mean it's it, it, you know i'll be over it by like tomorrow afternoon right that's right yeah, but that's right. you know that's the influences that movie movies have on you and characters and personalities and actors comedians all those types of things whatever music whatever you're into um uh now i i don't know if I'll be left with anything from this one. No. So what's next? Well, so up next, we're going to take a little break for Christmas. We're going to um, uh, regroup. We got do some family time, some fun stuff. 
and then figure something out for after the first of the year. I think we'll probably come back. We've talked about several things, but I think probably Pre- something. Pre- President's Day is not too far away. Not too far away. That's right. We gotta get one in before President's Day. Oh yeah, yeah. That's in that's in uh, February. It's February so, yeah. yeah, we'll have to get something in in January for sure. One or two in January. And uh, if, any ideas for a January movie? Do you guys have any ideas for? A yeah, January we'd love movie? to hear it. We've we've got some stuff on our list. Um, I think we'll come back with something with a little bit more meat on the bone than what we what we came with today. Yeah, that's just a snack. I mean, it's it's Christmas time. You 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 want to keep it light. It's all cookies and champagne right now. <laughs> exactly, exactly. We don't we don't want to add another five pounds to the end of your 2019. That's right. That's right. <laughs> anyway, we're gonna come up with something great for January. Um, we're gonna have another great movie, probably something a little bit better than this. But this has been a lot of fun. So we we thank everybody for listening. Thanks for supporting us. We hope everybody has a healthy, happy, and safe holiday season. Um, and we will see you guys again next time. On Is That Movie Still Good? Hit that eggnog. Folks, I'd like to sing a song about the American dream. About me. About you. About the way our American hearts beat way down in the bottom of our chests. About that special feeling we get in the cockles of our hearts. Maybe below.